When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Play action fake, batches back, throws it down the field. On his way is Heinz Ward, 35-30, 25-20. He's at the 15, he's at the 10, he's down to the pylon, and that is a Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. 70 yards, Charlie Batch to Heinz Ward. And I'll tell you what, that is great yak. Yards after catch for Heinz Ward. Peyton Manning, fourth and 16 from his 12 in the shotgun. He's pointing in the direction of the right side, the Steelers' left side of their defense. Got to go after Here's him. the blitz. Joey Porter gets him. And yeah, down he goes. That's the game, baby. And the ball game is Pittsburgh. <laughs> you oh, know, man. I love it when I hear Chaluch. You know, I mean, Dunchilkin and Billy making the call there. Great memory. Joey Porter is joining head coach Heinz Ward of the XFL in San Antonio. And, of course, it's it's actually the San Antonio fill-in-the-blanks because they haven't decided what their name thing is going to be yet. But, Max, you played with Joey. You played with Heinz. A couple of guys getting together to uh, lead a franchise. That, that I mean, that, that those, those are my guys, man. I mean, you know, that, that those were – <clears throat> Those were the big brothers in the locker room, mm. you know, and and no two better duo to to lead on each side of the ball. Um, they they were just tremendous. I mean, Joey, a- as we all know, gregarious, outgoing, <laughs> very demonstrative. You know, Hawaiian Tropic uh, was definitely in a good place while he was um, while he was employed in the NFL because he definitely used the oil to lube up this six pack. <laughs> as he walked out in the field every every time for for stretch, um, but but you know I mean I look at that and and the <clears throat> not only the skill, but the football IQ that that, that they're going to bring to that team. Um, both of these guys have a higher understanding of football, and when you have that higher understanding, and you also can reach players and coach them and understand them, but you could also put yourselves in their shoes, is a tremendous asset that a vast majority of coaches just don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm happy for both of them to be going to San Antonio. Um, you know, the Riverwalk, I'd stay away from there, but <clears throat> they, have, they, have some, they have some pretty good Mexican food out there. 
Uh, <laughs> so I think they'll be fed really well. But, you know, you're also going to a city that's been waiting for the NFL. Right. You know, they, they built a stadium that UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio, which is another, you know, former Conference USA school that I called a lot of games there as well. Mm-hmm. And a city that's just waiting, right? All they have was the Spurs. UTSA's kind of come on the last couple of years as a very good um, team in college football that can break the top 25 from the group of five. And, you know, they're going to bring professional football to that city, which has been long overdue. And I think it's a tremendous thing. And, and the dome there that they had, that they built, that they, we play the – heck, I called the Alamo Bowl there last year. So, okay. um, right. it, it, you know, it's Military City, USA. So, it, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good fans there. So, I'm happy for, the, I'm happy for, that, for that elevation for Joey. Happy for Hines to be at the helm. And, you know, look forward to great things from them. Steelers legends continuing to be legendary, Wolf. Yes. That's what they're doing. Well, let me ask you this, Max, because you were the front. Is anybody better at taking a nuanced comment and turn it into a boulder sitting as a chip on your shoulder? Anybody do that better than than either Joey or Hines? Because Hines always talked about being disrespected. Joey, you know, if you said anything, I mean, you think about the Seattle kid, right? When he, you know, it was an innocuous statement made by, who was it, the tight end. And in, yeah. in Joey... Joey turned that thing into a mantra for the entire week. Well, I mean, you know, Joey has that has a little bit of that Michael J- Jordan syndrome. If you watch the last dance, right, right? He's like, you know, Michael's looking at the video clip on an iPad, and he goes, and I took that personal. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, win a series by himself. Like, I'm like, what are you kidding? Like, how did you manufacture that from that statement? <laughs> that was Joey Porter and Heinz Ward. They could take an inch and they would make it into a mile, right? Yes. You know, they they they, they were, you know, to give us a biblical reference here, right? You know, it's like I, I, I could give you fish and you can eat for a day or I could teach you how to fish and you could eat for a lifetime. Well, they were definitely fishers of men. Uh, <laughs> 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 they, could, they could find the smallest granule and it would literally be like a – like a piece of sand between your toes that you just can't get to, right? It's just <laughs> annoying. That's exactly what they did. They took that speck of sand and they made it something bigger than what it was. All right. Excellent. Okay, DJ West, we need to continue on with our Tomlin Tuesday rerouting and regrouping of commentary. Uh, what do we got next from Mike Tomlin? You want to talk a little offense and his thoughts after having some time to break it down? You uh, go with it. You go with what you want to do. All right. Rock and roll. Man, um, looking back at it from a from a coach's lens, uh, taking the emotion out, I was I was encouraged by some of the things I saw from my offensive unit as well. Um, it's no secret that we're you know transitioning and, and gaining cohesion in that group. Uh, whether again it's young players or players that are new to us, um, man, I thought we did some good things um, considering the variables. Um, I thought we were better than we were in Jacksonville. Um, and this was our second opportunity with this collective to go into a road venue. Obviously, a regular season environment is more intense than a preseason one. And so for us to be better and substantially better, um, it was encouraging. There was less negativity. 
Max, what would you say about Mike's comments, especially when you consider the offensive unit, which a lot of people say, you know, not enough points off the turnovers, not enough rushing yards, a lot of, you know, things that they want to, people want to point out. But I think there were incremental steps taken, necessary steps, uh, as that offensive unit came through in the clutch. Progress is often um, is often taken for granted, right? Right. <laughs> because if it's not as big of a leap, if it's not as big of a jump as people like, it was a jump in the right direction um, for this unit. Um, yes, Mr. Bisky aided a lot of those would-be sacks, but there's also a unit that did not turn the ball over. This is a unit that, when we needed it, gave us the, the, the requisite amount of yards to get in position to win that game. And, you know, there were moments, there were highlights, there were clean pockets, you know, there were holes that opened up. And so you have to look at that and you have to say, there's progress. You know, especially when you're talking about from that Jacksonville game to now, there has been progress. Now, do, now, are they where they need to be? Absolutely not. I will not sit here and tell you that on this broadcast. Right. But, but I will say that they went in the right direction, which is trending upward. You know, you don't want stagnation. You don't want a downward decline. It was an upward one. No matter how small of one it is, it was a leap forward um, in that department to make sure that they're doing the, the necessary things and giving Mitch enough time, opening the holes for the running backs, and allowing them to operate, they're getting there. They're getting there. Remember, week four. Week four is our, is our benchmark. Right. That's where the goal is. So this is just one step in that direction. They still got three more steps to take. You know, one of the interesting things as I was breaking down the film is that there were some holes there, you know, and, they, and often there was one block away from getting something actually cooking really good. If you take a look, in the very first series, they ran what was called, we used to call a brown nine. That was our audible about the tight end pitch, you know, option pitch, screen, whatever you want to call it. When the op- when the uh, when Friar Muth came behind in motion, and, and, or not in motion, but at the snap, he comes behind the line and, you know, uh, Trubisky pitches the ball to him. There's one block there. If, if, if James Daniels gets that block, I'm telling you, Fryermuth had at least a 10, 15-yard run, and it was it was wide open in front of him, you know? And those are the yeah. things that they're just minor things. It was just a situation where maybe maybe the defense, you know, played a little the, – the guy played it out a little bit more than all of a sudden came back in, and James had a little issue maybe trying to adjust on the trap. Uh, however it was, it's something I'm sure they're going to be able to get and get done because a lot of the elements, when you watch the counter traps, for instance – there was some good movement on the double teams, things that we have not seen uh, in, in years past where, you know, we've pointed out at the point of attack, you got to have movement. You got to be able to down block. You got to be able to secure the inside without allowing run throughs and penetration. And it was there on a number of occasions, but it was a couple times. I would say this, you know, most humbly, I thought Najee hit the wrong hole. You know, and, and it, that can happen. I mean, you're talking about a guy who didn't get that many reps in preseason. And, you know, he's a terrific back, no doubt about it. But nobody's faultless. Um, and, and certainly there was there was a couple holes there that I think could have been, you know, demonstrably better than what uh, they, they rushed for. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it, once again, it's a team thing. And when we give these critiques, it's not yeah. to – pile on no it's just to simply make an observation right pile on you know, I like our, it. that was good our, you, you yeah. like that yeah <laughs> that was good was um, a reference yeah but i think the biggest thing is that i want everybody to take away is that this is a work in progress this is not the finished product like you are not in mid-season form at the beginning of the season so but there is progress and like you said it's easier 
to digest, to be critical in a victory than it is a loss, right? Mm-hmm. Because you are more open to receiving the information. And that's simply what we're trying to say is, is that it's not all on one group. Right. Like you have to realize it takes 11 people. There's a reason why there's 11 people on the field at one time on each side of the ball. And everybody has to be in coordination. If one person's out of, out of sync, it can mess up everything. And you have to continually work towards everybody working together. I mean, think about this. They've had a little bit of time together as a full functioning offensive unit, but it hasn't been that much. And it was more than the other team, hence why we were able to overcome it right. um, and, and become victorious. So for people that want to put aside the preseason snaps and say they don't matter, they do matter. And you have to get some type of preseason action, no matter how minimal, to get the requisite reward or victory or assignment completed you have to feel it in real time to be able to go and replicate it in the season and this is what we're seeing for a majority of this of of this nfl a lot of those teams that didn't are paying the price you know quarterbacks that that sat out and teams that sat out a a vast majority of players went three and eight this weekend right yep three and eight no doubt three and eight so what do you so what do you say to that well it says preseason snaps matter that's yes. what it says. Now, will teams do it? Probably not. But then again, we also know that that's what teams do. Um, that you have their own right to make your own decision. You can you can you you can pretend under the veil of we did joint practices, but joint practices don't prove that much. They don't help you. It's still not game speed. It's a drill coordinated by coaches as with whistles. They have an agenda. They see a guy that, that, that that's kind of struggling, or they don't want them getting exposed. They pull them. So. You need to you need to take it under that at action, and I I applaud the Steeler team for being one of the more physical teams in training camp, and being one of the teams that played more players that we would consider oh don't play them in in preseason. This is the result you get. You get a, an actual decisive victory like that that was overwhelming, especially on the defensive side. Well, one of the things that I thought was interesting was just watching you know in the fourth quarter, you know that just before he got injured, you know Najee ripped off an eleven yard run. And you know, as, as well as I do, sometimes backs, you know, they, they start to wear down a defense. And you get towards the end of the game, and it was towards the end of a game. I and mean, we're talking the last five, four, three, two, one minutes, something like that, of the fourth quarter. You know, and and he ripped off that run. I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're going to start be able to do something. Now the next one came up was when he got doinked and, as, you know, was, you know, was taken out of the game. But uh, it takes a little while sometimes for some of these thoroughbreds to get untracked. And once they do, they're fine. You know, but it takes some repetition, and certainly live go repetition, as we well know. You know, I mean, Joe Burrow didn't plan on coming out and throwing three interceptions in the first half. He didn't come out planning to fumble the ball while he's being tackled on a pass. You know, at the same time, you know, Najee wasn't planning on running for two yards a crack or something like that. He's is looking to break those those runs and so forth, and it's a, it's something that takes time. No, it is. It's a progress. I mean, think about this. You're given a chisel to break down a wall. Ooh. It, it, Ooh you know what I'm saying? Descriptive there. You're not. You're not. It, it, one hit is not going to do it. You know. Have you're you ever not Paul Bunyan with an axe. Uh, so, I'm sorry. What? Have you ever sculpted anything? Yeah. Oh yeah. Crayola has this model magic. I do it with my kids. Oh, you know, we build okay. little things. All right. But uh, yeah. But definitely not with real clay. I'm not. I'm not pulling a ghost or anything. Um, <laughs> 
with a wheel and <laughs> yeah. wetting your hands and mud and all that kind of. No, I'm no, not doing that. Not, no, Model I, magic is like is like glorified play deal that hardens a lot quicker. That's about it. Mud cakes. That's what I did when I was a kid. Mud cakes. Nothing wrong with that. And you were up there in Buffalo. I'm sure that was a, a famed <laughs> pastime for the children of the buff. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Oh, man. Well, hey, well, we're going to step aside. We'll take a break right here. Okay. And uh, when we come back, you know, I just kind of I want to I want to look at, you know, the things that led up to what this success was, you know, kind of kind of go back in time. Let's go back in the time capsule and let's talk about some training camp things that we noticed back then. And let's bring them to fruition and how they were brought into fruition on Sunday. I think I think we should do that. Back to the future. Yeah, exactly. But first, I want, I want to encourage everybody, go subscribe now to In the Locker Room, our show. You know, every episode we do is available for you to download. Subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app, and wherever you can find your podcast, you play your podcast, you queue them up. Throw us in your queue. We'll download automatically. You can listen to us whenever. Take us on the road with you. We're, we're, we're de- guaranteed to keep you entertained. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks here on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, you can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio for my heart. Alexa will take care of the rest. And, Wolf, you know, I wanted to just go back. I wanted to take a second to go back. I know that... You know, after today, we turn the page, right? We, 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 we're now looking. Right. We're, we're on to New England. Um, <laughs> and so, but to just kind of start putting a bow on week one, on Steelers Cincinnati, on the culmination <clears throat> that led up to week one. Um, you know, training camp matters. Preseason right. snaps matter. Yes. Um, being available is one of the best abilities you can have. And, you know, when we started training camp, we had a lot of questions, more questions than we had answers going into training camp this year because you lose Ben Roethlisberger, he mm-hmm. retires. You know, you, you lose Stephon to it, he retires. We thought he, we, he was going to come back. Um, guys go in free agency. Guys get signed. Um, we bring in Mitch Trubisky at the start of free agency. We draft Kenny Pickett. Um, we go and we find all of these different pieces to complement. DeMarvin Leal being one of those. Calvin Austin third being another one. And the list goes on. And then we bring in free agents. And you're like, what is this, what is this going to be? What is, it, what, what is the culmination of this? ingredients of 90 people how are we going to make this a meal right how are we going to make this you know a soup um so to speak or a stew you take all these things and you throw them in a pot and you want to see how about what a wok what a wok even a wok there, there you we go. go all right it's a fa- it's a fancy pot a fancy <laughs> pot very thin <laughs> heats up really quickly um <clears throat> where i'm going with this hold on oh. Something got caught in my throat. Oh. 
Okay, we're better. We're better. better. There you we okay? go. I'm better. Because um, you know I'm I can't this... Heimlich you. You know what I mean? You're I know, I know. You're Phoenix, man. You're, you're on your own. The it's good lady like Tiffany would Chris... have to get her arms around you and give you a good crack. And she's not even within earshot. Oh, um, oh no. So that, that, that would have been bad. That would have been like Chris, you know, Chris Farley and those, and those SNL skits <laughs> with the Bears. Gah! 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 All right, just another heart attack. Don't worry, guys. I'm good. I'm good. Got a brat stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, but um, but what I, I'm leading up to, and what I'm saying is, what were some of the clues that we got in training camp that we can now look back on? Right, we can now put on our hindsight 2020 lenses and say, hmm, that was something there that we saw, and that thing that we saw translated into the game on Sunday. So. I'll go first. Yeah, please. Um, Give me a for instance. Uh, yeah. So, for instance, you know, when I first saw what DeMonte Casey was doing in there with Terrell Edmonds and Mika mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick, I was like, man, what is th-? I was like, one, two. Why do we have three safeties? In there? Don't we have a- enough cornerbacks? We had like ten of them. Uh, so, right, I was like, right. how did we get? Okay, well, let's see. And then you saw the play action, and you saw Minka able to just strafe, right? And it wasn't an interception, but it was a pass breakup. Um, and, I, and I was like, wow, that is something there. And then we learn in the meetings, like, hey, I'm playing with this idea for this three-safety look. And then what do we see in the game? Three safeties, Minka pick six, um, three safeties in there, applying blitz pressure and being able to have a tackle for a loss. Um, so that was the first glimpse. Where I was like, oh, wow. This is something that took from the lab, went out and, pre- and, and, and tried this theory in live action, and it, and it brought an immediate dividend. So that, that's, that's one of the examples that I have from training camp was the emergence of that three-safety look type of defensive front. That was, that's interesting because that was significant. You know, Now, it's interesting because, as I recall, in training camp, one of the th- the things that kind of also tipped me off to that three safety was a look that they d- displayed with Cam playing, uh, you know, over the tight end. You know what I mean? You got Oga Joby yeah. to the his inside playing over what a three technique. You got Tyson yeah. Alu Alu playing over the 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 center, and you're overloading one side. Which now we understand what they were working on. They're working on overloading that side and then running uh, maybe you know. Uh, well, the, the one time they ran it with Highsmith out there, and he ran a like a three me game or three you game where he came behind as as a as a trailer as a spy. But the big nickel concept, three safeties instead of that extra corner, and then you've got Cam playing out in a position over the tight end. Um, I thought that's kind of like a big nickel situation on a run heavy downs. So yeah, that that was that was played. Uh, in Cincinnati, they use that a couple times at least. Um, so, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Now, I, yeah. I will tell you also the Uncrustables, you know, which they had in the kitchen, <laughs> you know. The Uncrustables were yeah. something that I, I did not know anything about until I got there and, and you had one. And I was like, oh, I got I to gotta try that. The peanut butter and jelly one. Look at that. Now I'm yeah. trying to buy them wherever I go. <laughs> It, it, it happened at training camp, and now I want more of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's one of those things that it's the gift that keeps on giving. And in yes. fact, to show you how that happens in, in practicality in the regular season. Okay. Um, at halftime, Emil, one of our camera guys, right. extraordinary, um, 
Emil says, hey, Max, I'm going in the locker room. Are you hungry? Would you like something? <laughs> yeah, what do they got? He's like, well, I usually get these honey stinger waffles, but they also have Uncrustables in there. Oh, my God. F- sign me up. Get me an Uncrustable. See, something in training camp, appearing in the regular season, and being a savior. There I you had go. that Uncrustable, and that helped me deal with my delays at the airport. So I appreciate Emil, and I appreciate the Uncrustable. So that's another reason how it pays itself <laughs> off. Exactly so. <laughs> you know, I, it's amazing. What you don't know at the age of 64, I didn't know about Uncrustables, you know, the peanut butter and jelly without the, the crust to them, and just how delightful they were as a light, light, light night snack. Oh, man, that's really good stuff. Uh, now, did you have just oh, one, yeah. or did you have several? Well, I had one. Emil brought it out to me because okay. it was in the locker room. Okay. So, you know, I could... I imagine if it was if I was left to my own devices, I probably would have grabbed two. <laughs> so it's probably pretty good that I I did not um, go in there, and that Emil was also in charge of of my uh, of my portion control. So it was it was a good thing. <laughs> Anywho, well, moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> moving on. We're getting a Before, crusty with our uncrustables. Yeah, we are getting a little crusty with it. But um, another thing that I thought was was situational football in drills during camp in preseason games carrying over into the regular season. You have to remember, we weren't winning seven shots that often, right? Right, right. Early on in camp. And then we kind of broke through. And when it got competitive, when they started putting seafood on the line. Uh, things turned you know, up, it, yeah. Things turned up a bit. And – you know, but it carried over from from practices with those situations to then in the game. Think about how well we ran two minute drills, end of half, end of games in the preseason. We had a lot of success. We won games because of two minute drill situations, right. and that's what allowed us to be three and zero in the preseason. Not that that matters, but it matters now when end of the game time is running out. There's no more time. There is no more overtime. The time is ending, and Mitch Trubisky, the offense, they bow their necks, and they just trudge forward. And you get a big play from Pat Firemuth, which seam routes in tr- preseason camp were something that we were we were hoping for, attacking the middle of the field. But you, you get that opportunity. It puts you up in a position. And, of course, Chris Boswell coming out, kicking a 52-yarder to win that game. I thought training camp meets regular season – and we got the exact result that we had practiced in those moments. And it was those type of moments that, that, that ended up being the difference in the game and not getting too worked up, not getting too overpressed. Guys just did their job, and there was a, pay, a direct payoff from it. So that was my other one that I said, training camp looks carrying over into the regular season. You know, one of the things that didn't carry over that I thought was going to carry over, I, just to take another like angle on what you're talking about, was George Pickens. You know, I mean, they did not give the opportunities to George. And I, okay, I understand that uh, they, they threw a couple, you know, go balls, and Mitch was not very accurate with the the fifty fifty balls. They're giving his, his guys a a chance there to to get after him, but you know, those that didn't happen. I thought we might see more targets directed towards the pickings than what we saw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I thought I thought the young man would be able to get into the swing of things because there's no doubt in my mind this guy is is a star waiting to happen. I mean, he's just got 
some incredible abilities. And you match that with a, a Chase Claypool and, and then Deontay Johnson, who just pulled off one of the most greatest Houdini catches I've ever seen in my life. I mean, great googly moogly. That was just such a one-handed, one-paw type of affair thing that he goes up and snatches that. You know, uh, that's something that we'll see more of. But I, I think the fact that George Pickens, he's one of those guys that I think we saw a prelude in camp of what he's capable of doing. And I think hopefully that'll unpack more as we move along. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I want to see how that plays out, um, you know, because he is a guy that maybe they thought there was going to be a lot of attention, but you look at when we actually got into the game, yeah, he just wasn't targeted. I don't know if he wasn't getting off on on um, on some of the pressing stuff and if he wasn't able to create that separation that Mitch felt comfortable with with a young receiver. But I think this is something that – you you got so many other options, you realize that, yeah, you're still a rookie, right? I mean, Chase Claypool's out there. Deontay Johnson's out there. Right. Pat Fryermuth is out there. Najee's out there. You know, you have all of these other options, and then now it's like insert rookie. Mm-hmm. And even in some of those situations, like Miles Boykin came in right, and was in over George. So, you know, you want to continue to keep moving him along and maybe it's the extent of what they were trying to run the packages. He didn't fit into those packages and maybe there's some things he still needs to work on. But I mean, it's, it's a process. It's a process. Like I said, it's a long season, but you're right. I mean, it was something we were expecting circus catches and tremendous play, but you also realize you're going up against varsity talent in Cincinnati. (laughs) Yeah. One of the best defenses last year in the league. And a lot of those pieces returning and that secondary is pretty formidable. And, you know, outside of, I think, Chidobu Awuzie, you know, who was getting targeted a lot in that game along with Eli Apple, um, maybe there just wasn't an opportunity for him because maybe he drew Jesse Bates or Von Bell or Dax Hill or Mike Hilton. And those guys are very good in the safety and nickel positions. And maybe it just just wasn't his time. They didn't get the windows they wanted. So it'll be something to watch. I'm glad you pointed that out because I think that's something that, you know, we want to keep an eye on. Um, and I'm sure Steeler fans will be keeping an eye on the second-round pick as well. I'll give you one that manifested in the game that we saw up at training camp, and I think we both remarked on it, was the 6-12 getting a screen pass. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he got one. Of the, he got a, a screen pass up at training camp. We were like going, all right, yeah, you like to see that. More of that. Matter of fact, I was hoping that it could be run out of some of the, the two tight end, multiple tight end formations because I think you could – match up, and then do that sort of screen by moving the Friar Muth out kind of like into a slot position, you know, which would create some real tension for whoever they got to move out from the from the box area to cover him. And I think, I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, give and go with the two tight end, multiple tight end sets that, that uh, there's a lot of promise there for the future. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, just what we can do with, with with those guys is going to be tremendous, right? When you can add Zach and Pat and even Connor into a lot of those situations, it, it's going to be frustrating. Because, I mean, you, you know, I, th- I think back to Monday night, you know, how those tight ends were utilized for both teams and how there was a lot of middle-of-the-field open opportunities that they can, that they can exploit. And I like the fact that, you're adding the Titans into the screen game because I think that's something that kind of gets underused and undervalued on a team is for is for the tight ends to 
fit into the screen because they're part-time blockers, part-time pass catchers, and you can't, you kind of forget about them in the flow of the game. You kind of group them in with the offensive line at times. Right. And then moments like that, like that screen pass, like, oh, snap, this guy could catch. Okay, yep, nope, nope, he has an eight on his number. Darn it. <laughs> Missed that guy again. And, 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 they, and they hurt you uh, down the seams and in the middle of the field. So, no, I, I love what – yeah, you're right. Zach Gentry running that and doing that and looking so smooth with it, I think it's something we can expect and teams now have to game plan for is that we're going to have to account for these tight ends. And that might mean more single high let it fly. So when we're talking about George Pickens in the future, maybe that's a window. Maybe you run a fake screen action off of it and you have George going over the top on, on, a, on a deep post route. Even one of those now route wide receiver screens where you think, you know, the one guy's going to block for the other, but you go streaking down the sidelines there. That would be yeah. something, huh? That Not would bad. be cool. All right. Yeah. Hey, let's go to break, Max, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll wrap it up here because what we want to talk about is three members of the defense, all right, join the Century Snap Club. All right, we'll tell you who they are. Keep it on SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. I can't believe it because when you think about it, 100 snaps is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I mean, that's a lot of uh, high-velocity, ballistic, um, quick-stop type of affairs. (laughs) You know, 100 snaps. But Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, and Akella Witherspoon, they each played 100 snaps. And Cam Sutton missed the century mark by one snap. Max, wouldn't you say, oh, Uh, please, let me get the one. All right? If you're just one, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mean, and that's so tough, right? It's like, man, in the moment, you're like, man, I could have been in the century club. (laughs) But – you also don't think that you're going to be on the field for over 43 minutes defensively. <laughs> wow, yes. You know what I'm saying? Run, running go routes with Jamar Chase and, and Tyler Boyd, you know, for a majority of it, and the young guy Mike Thomas um, that seemed to be a speedy receiver as well. Um, yeah, you don't anticipate that at the moment, but, yeah, it's like hindsight. You're like, man, I, so you said had I not have just tapped my helmet for one play and just waited, you know, I could have actually gotten 100 snaps in a single game. Exactly. Oh, man, that's frustrating. Think about this, Cam. You know, what you think about his holding call? Because, you know, I'm looking at that, and, okay, there was a little bit of tug of the material. I got you. But, you know, you you, you turn around, and Von Bell was all over uh, the the Friar Muth at the goal line on a route he ran. Like, he was hanging on him like a cheap suit, and there was no penalty there. You know, but they yeah. take away that interception by Cam Sutton, which that could have really you know helped a lot in, at that point in time. Yeah, and could have also just absolutely crushed um, the Cincinnati offense and Joe right. Burrow, right, right, with another interception. Yet another. Thrown. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was just such an opportune moment. But it, and that's the other thing is, you know, when you have referees and you have people that make decisions based on snap judgments – there's such a there's such an inconsistency with it, right? Because the guy in the you know in the quote unquote middle of the field when the Cam Sutton interception happened, um, it's so clear because everybody's spread out, and then you get in the compacted area like the red zone, and you would think it would be easier because they're in a more contained space. True, but at eye level, you know, in the moment, guys just miss stuff. 
So, you know, just like I'm, I'm happy that the referee missed the fact that there was no review um, of Jamar Chase on that, <laughs> on that uh, play that went out of oh, bounds. Oh, no at the review, one. you say, huh? Now, Jamar oh. Chase didn't even argue it, though. No, because he, he, he didn't know. Momentum was taken. He didn't realize that when he caught it, he shuffled it to the right side of his body and his foot was on the line. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he just boom, 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 and it just went on. So, you know, glad glad that, that we didn't over-replay it. Remember True. a couple years back where everything was reviewed and yep. the game was taken forever? Yes. I don't want to go back to that. At the same time, you know, you trust their decisions, and they made that decision and ultimately didn't hurt us. But – it is one of those things where you're like, man, I'm like, it, that. that's not as egregious as, as a lot of them that are out there. Mm-hmm. That's more gamesmanship and playing the game, right? Yes. And, and he just got caught for it, unfortunately. But, hey, no harm, no foul, because we still won the game. <laughs> well, one thing is, you know, the readiness to do that is amazing. Think about it. The preparation that you underwent and that you would actually play 100 snaps, 43 or 44 minutes, whatever you said, um, I look at that and I go, that's amazing. But the recovery from that readiness is something altogether different and necessary. What does a guy do in this modern era of football to ready their body to be able to come back after such a, a you know, digging so deep into the repetitions? Well, I think the biggest thing is sleep. I mean, nothing beats sleep. Oh, I love sleep. Um, sleep is the number one thing. That's where your body goes to work like little elves at nighttime, right, in in the cobbler shop, (laughs) you know. And that's where they start repairing everything in your body. So the more sleep that you can get, the more oxygen you can take in. Right. Hyperbaric chambers are also one of those things, cryotherapy. um, Massages. uh, Massages. Did you ever go to um, bone crackers? Acupuncture. Yeah. Okay. You know the no, bone crackers, the the chiropractors. Oh yes, yes, yeah. the chiropractor. I was like bone crackers. I've never been to that restaurant. Anyways, um, <laughs> don't know if I would. Uh, or, or unless it's a seafood restaurant, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. Um, but but uh, yeah, I used I I had a I had a standing weekly appointment with a chiropractor. I had a standing appointment with two massage therapists. Oh wow! Because um, one one did more Thai massage. Okay. Was the manual manipulation. And then, or what we would consider like stretch lab and stuff like that. Nowadays, it's the new age fandangled name of it. But that's what Thai massage is. And then I also had another uh, massage therapist that was an acupuncturist. So I get a bunch of needles dropped in me. Isn't that amazing Um, how they can stick needles in you, like up around your eyebrow to help your ankle? I I don't get that. I mean, that's just like amazing. Transverse axis, right? That's, that's, That's traditional um, Eastern medicine. My wife practices acupuncture. Um, really? So cer- at home, she like it. sticks yeah. you with needles. Oh yeah, yeah. She's like, okay, your elbow's hurting. All right, I'm gonna go right in your earlobe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's just so weird. Yeah, the body is just amazing how it's yeah. connected, right? I mean, yes. it's just so many different things. It's like it's like when you see the the, the cop trying to solve a serial killer's mur- uh, like murder path and mm-hmm. stuff. They got all the yarn going across on the wall and. <laughs> across yes. everywhere like that's how your body is inside like it's just interconnected with so many things if your knee hurts you go to your elbow and vice versa it's it's, it's crazy to do it but it works i mean that's the other thing is um it's not really placebo because you feel that little tingling sensation mm-hmm. when they hit the right spot and it just releases and, and it activates that other area but yeah now mine was more um acute so um, Lisa was our was our massage there. Lisa would go right in the exact spot where it hurt, wherever the knot is, oh. and she'd kind of twist slowly until it released. 
So, I mean, it was just, oh, but just you have a so system. Oh. But you have a system. I mean, and guys have, have so much stuff available to them now. I mean, you have Norma Tech boots to work on that lactic acid buildup in the legs. You know, you have, you know. Is that like the ones said, that the go all the way up to your, your thighs? It's yes, like an air yes. thing, air field thing. Like an air compression yeah, system. Okay, yeah, it yeah. has little cells. Yeah. Okay, now I that, know what you're the, talking about. The, the game-ready portable ice machines, you know, that you throw the sleeve on and water and ice shoots into the sleeve, fills it and compresses and okay. decompresses. So it just forces blood flow. I mean, it's there's, there's so much technology out there, but you have to be willing to go through that process because it's extra work, right? It's outside of what you already do in your normal routine, and now that needs to be added into your facility, facilitation and maintenance schedule as well. So you have to plan it in there and take the time. Don't say, I'm too busy to do this. No, no, no. Go sit and spend those 20 minutes um, or doing, doing the hot-cold contrast baths after practice mm. um, in, in the training room. Those are also key. Or just doing the ice bath like a bunch of our defensive guys like Art, Ryan Clark and James Harrison – you know, were religious with they. We'd have the cold tub, right? Yeah. But but they would have this special little individual tub, and they would just load it up with ice with some water, <laughs> and would just dunk their bodies in it and just sit there with it. So oh, yeah, that's th- there's brutal. a lot of ways to recover. Yeah. But I was going to ask you, Wolf, real fast. Yeah. What is the most snaps you've had in a single game? Because I, I remember mine. I, can, I I don't remember. I know we got close okay. to the century mark one time. And I don't remember where, but it it was it fell short of the century mark. Um, I would say I know it was above seventy five and probably uh, maxed out maybe upper eighties, low nineties. Okay, one hundred and twenty five snaps oh! was my record. Oh my goodness! That, How many? And games? that was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So one game in college against Auburn. It was in Florida. It was like my junior year. Oh my goodness! And we and we went into four overtimes. So yeah, so that so that was that was ridiculous. All right, Wolf. Well, you know it's been a great show today. I think we put a nice little bow at the midweek <laughs> point of the season or of the week. I'm sorry, not the season. Midway point of the week. Um, wrapped up with Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I just want to invite our listeners. Hey, missing any of our show today? You can download full episodes of our SNR podcast shows like The Drive. This one, In the Locker Room with Wolf and Stark's Steelers Blitz with DJ West and Mr. Motes, the Steelers Standard with Tom and Jacob, as well as many more. They're all available on Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you podcastify, um, you know, for your listening pleasure. Yeah, you know, it, it's a great one. It just rolls off the tongue. But, Wolf, we have to bid everybody adieu for the day and turn it over I bid to you DJ adieu. West. Did you, I bid you adieu. Um, So you've been listening to In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks and the Ninjas here on SNR and ESPN Radio. Have a great day, folks. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.